And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, we have some brand new music that's coming up pretty soon. You probably already heard it. You probably already (laughs) heard it. And that's because this is our new segment. This is our second episode of this new segment, Mm -hmm. I believe. This is our board game brainstorm episode. Yep. Where we take and break down the idea of one specific game by all five of our criteria. From top eight debates. From top eight debates, which we'll go into more detail in a bit, and make recommendations based on that. So again, this is our new segment. Um, those... we, do, we do have a rule that uh, we mentioned on the last episode, but sure. I want to remind you. The games that we talk about are at minimum 10 years old. Yes, that's true. Yeah, and so we, we pick at least 10-year-old games, ones that are pretty much, pretty much in the zeitgeist of board gaming. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to find some that... Everyone more or less knows or is pretty familiar with if you're yep. into gaming somewhat and or at least has heard of. And then we give recommendations based on the game. And then also our first episode was based off of, uh, it, it's been a while if you listen to it, based off Klaus Teuber's Catan because right. we were celebrating Klaus Teuber at the time. That's right. And so this episode, we're going to be going over Pandemic, the mm-hmm. classic cooperative game from, I think, 2004, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, which is almost 20 years old now. Wow, I didn't realize the, that. The, the main thing about uh, Pandemic, the original is 2004. The one everybody knows basically is the 2008 edition. Right. With, it comes with some of the expansion stuff Sure. from the original and better artwork. Yes, better artwork, that's right. Um, so when we're talking about, I'm going to say this up front, when we're talking about art and components, I'm talking about the second edition, the updated artwork. One. Yeah, and that, that, that's what I'm doing as well. Cool. All right. This was actually a lot more difficult than I was it expecting. It was. It really was. We were talking about a lot of different aspects of this. Now, I put mine together fairly fairly recently, but it is something that I'm like, eh, you know, there's there's some... I feel like I'm going to have to justify parts of my list or parts of my recommendations. Yeah, well, there so. is going to have to be some justification. I, I will tell you, pretty much my list, yes. I mainly went off the co-op aspect of it. Okay. Uh, because I think I thought about that. if you want to w- work together as a team, these games are what's going to give you yes. the feel that pandemic right. gives you when you're working as a team. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. But before that being said, what have you been doing outside of gaming? Oh, man. Okay. So, <laughs> and this always throws me off because I don't talk about my not gaming that often. Yeah. But I have been, uh, you know I'm a man of very ambitious projects. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Like, some of my favorite projects... I was wondering I've ever if done. you are going to mention, or mention this. <laughs> yeah, it, I have to. Because, like I said, I, I do a lot of very... Ambi- I set some pretty high goals for myself, and I just do it. If like, you listen not, to our, right? our goals list for this year. Yeah, and, um, and one, of the, one of the things that I, I did before is I listened to Rolling Stone's Top 100 Greatest Albums of All Time. Mm-hmm. I listened to all 100. Now, granted, the list was 500, but I, you know... A hundred is... Don't complain about a hundred albums. And some of them were like... uh, Some of them were like compilation albums, which I have an argument against. Yeah, I I don't... Well, it depends. Like, some compilation albums are really good. I love the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Sure, yeah. But, I mean, like, it's... They weren't designed as albums. You know what I mean? they weren't. Like... Well, I do have Forrest Gump on final, so... No, the term... Album, I, I mean, I as, as yeah. the selection and arrangement of songs made by the artist. Yeah, I, I get you on that. Not printed on vinyl. Yeah. Right. 
But, no, yeah, I know, whether it's on vinyl or not. But it's like, oh, it's the best of this artist. It's like, yeah. that's cool. I want to hear their album. These are greatest albums, not yeah. just... that You can't count I, it as an album, I, but I, it's I just a collection of a really great artist. To an extent you know? on that, because the the creed, uh, CCR revival, yes. the CCR greatest yep. hit album is one of my favorites. It's a great album. Yeah. And I and I like it too. But again... <laughs> <laughs> it's not how it was supposed to be intended. <laughs> that's not, not how I see that. But anyway, that's a Back minor complaint. That. Yeah. So this most recent project, I was like, okay, I want something to listen to some new music. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking of um, one of my favorite bands of all time is Harvey Danger. Flagpole Sitta. Uh, Flagpole Sitta, yeah. And Private Helicopter, Save It For Later, you know. But technically, they're a one-hit wonder. Mm-hmm. They really... Flagpole Sitta is definitely... Which is a one. great song. It's a fantastic song. They pretty much invented emo music, and they apologized for it at <laughs> a live concert one year. It was hilarious. Honestly, I don't hate emo. I don't get the point of no, people I, hating on emo. I just, like, I love that. Like, it was... I saw some video of them just doing a concert, and they're yeah. like, hey, you know what? We just have to admit... We understand we created this problem and we need to apologize for it. We didn't intend to invent emo music. <laughs> it just happened. Forgive us. Like, it was hilarious, right? Well, so I was like, man, they're technically a one-hit wonder, but I've loved every album that they've come out with. It's yeah. really fantastic music. And I started thinking, I wonder why one-hit wonders are one-hit wonders, right? Like, it could be that they just flew under the radar, like Harvey Danger, for mm-hmm. example. It could be like maybe they're not like and the thing about institutionalists, right? Uh, they're one hit wonder uh, because they hit one song hit Main Street. Yes, but they actually have a cult following. My brother yes. is a Harvey Danger fan, absolutely, and he's fifty. Absolutely, no, they're awesome. Like, I like they wrote a whole Danger. song about Vertigo, the, <laughs> the Hitchcock film, right? Yeah. But then I start thinking it's like they're either either flew under the radar like mm-hmm. that, right? Um, and or they're like somehow. and they're okay with it, yeah. right? Or they, they're like maybe like anti like record company, anti industry, right? Which there are or some. or and this is possible, um the rest of their songs just suck. suck. Yeah. So I found the list of VH one's top one hundred um one hit wonders of all time. Oh my god, VH one, that's not something I heard about in a long that's time. Right. <laughs> I I don't know how old this this list is when they made it, but Judging by it, I think the newest song was like 1990. No, you had a, a uh, maybe 2011 really. one. No, so the, the 2011 one that I that I saw was actually like an 80s song. Oh, yeah, okay. it, was, it was something like that. Um, and yeah, so I've been listening. I started at number 100, and I'm listening to the whole albums, not just the one hit wonders. No, no, no. But you want to see where this song got pulled? I want to see. The good part about this is that when I did, like, the whole, like, greatest albums, right? There were yeah. some that were, like, oh, these epic, like, concept albums that are, like, three hours long mm-hmm. or whatever. There was some that I sat through that were really long. This one, like, every once in a while you'll have one that takes over an hour. Most are about 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, because that's a usual album. Yeah. Unless I, you're getting some, like, the deluxe edition right. or something like that. If I'm just sitting down working on a piece of art or, like, working on, like, a game design or whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting there jamming out to some music... I could jump through, like, five or six albums easy. No yeah. problem, right? And some of them have been pretty cool. Like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to pull my list. Talking I've about listened to 35 so far. Four Non-Blondes, I think, is what you're... What uh, four Non-Blondes, yes. Who did the... That one? Yeah. Um, the rest of the album is legit rock. Yeah, like, it's Like, it's cool. I was, I was genuinely impressed. Okay. So, like, Carl Douglas, Kung Fu Fighting, his album was pretty good. Blind Melon and Stacy Q. Hey, 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 hey. No, they're, hey, they're okay. Hey, like, hey, they're, hey. Oh, what? 
Don't be hating on Blind Melon. I'm not hating on them. I'm just saying I wasn't. I wasn't like. I, was I like, like okay, that. They're I, fine. I like that album. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. It's fine. Uh, but Stacey Q, Two of Hearts, that was the first album I was like, wow, this is bad. When that song that I already don't like was the <laughs> top notch. <laughs> Woo! Um, uh, tag Team was okay. Four Non Blondes. Oh, Smith. another one we talked about. Jeannie oh. C. Riley. The one oh, we my t- goodness. What was the one we talked about? Uh, Young MC. Uh, Master P. Or was it Young MC? Yeah, yeah Young Plus MC. The move. Plus the move. Yeah, that album was legit. It's really good. It's really good. Oh my goodness, I, is it good? Because my brothers are 12 and 8 years older than me. They had Young MC, so I listened to it growing up. And yep. I remember that album for how good it actually was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. I was really For good. something that came he out in the early, early part of rap, too. Yes. When uh-huh. it was starting to come up, that, that was one of the yep. first East Coast style raps. Absolutely. Um, another one that's worth pointing out, um, Jeannie C. Riley. Okay. She made Harper Valley PTA. And she made oh, a song. Yeah. She made a song called Mr. Harper. And it, it's this song where she's basically talking to Mr. Harper. He's like the head guy of the city, right? Okay. And he's basically. So he's the mayor. Yeah, pretty much. And she's. <laughs> well, he's like the businessman. He's like the main guy. Oh, so he's the Marcy Dickerson of our. <laughs> he, he, he's the one who came up. Or he's the reason it's called Harper Valley, right? Yeah, okay. Mr. Harper. Yeah. And so. It's her talking about how he's just a terrible human being. Um, it's her, like, ridiculing him. It's like, the only reason your wife is, like, young and attractive is because you have a lot of money. Like, you're an awful person. Like, all this stuff. And the whole song is based off of this dialogue of her talking to Mr. Harper. And they decided, well, it's a bad idea to have it be silent, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, Mr. Harper. And then nothing, right? So they wanted something to respond, but instead of getting a different singer, they have a weird Peter Frampton vocoder thing going. So it's like, oh, oh yeah, like, oh, and it's they have- so so weird. Is it called talk box? Yeah, it's a talk box. Yep, yep, yeah, that is exactly right. Well done. Well, look at you. Well <laughs> I, done. You know how I know that? Because Peter Frampton. Well, that yeah. and uh, one of my friends, uh, one of his good friends. Um, a lot of his music is based off Talkbox. Oh yeah, yeah, Talkboxes are awesome, but like, there's there's like, it, it's just quips. Like she'll sing Mr. Harper, and he's like, Oh yeah, what do you want now? And it's like, <laughs> like, and then, but there's one part where she's like, Do you even know where your wife is? Or like, he's like, Where's your wife? And he just goes, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's the most unintentionally hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life. I rarely just bust out laughing. <laughs> like, as soon as I heard, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, ah! it was amazing. Sad part um, is, I don't like Peter Frampton all that much. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. Um, Big Time is probably like the best song he has. Crash Test Dummies, I already like. I already oh, know I, I like their uh, stuff. Yeah, I like Crash yeah. Test Dummies. Um, I'm just going to run through real quick. Men Without Hats, the safety dance. I was expecting to like it because it's almost like this weird synth pop, right? Yeah. Their album I've, was bad. Yeah, I, I did I've not heard like that it. album. Uh, again, my brother is 50, so he's 12 yep. years older than me. Uh-huh. Uh, so he did have that album. I didn't like it. I didn't either. Safety Dance, really I barely stand. Right. Uh, Lips Incorporated was pretty good. Which one was that one? Uh, Funky Town. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. That's why I found it sound familiar. Yep, I'm trying to... Uh, C.W. McCall was weird. He did... We got a great big con boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. His... I would say his is Conway. overly concept, half-humor, um... I think... 
It's like what Ray it's supposed Ste- to be for like TV. Yeah, it his stuff is almost like Ray Stevens, but not good. Well, yeah, if you're considering comparing him to Ray Stevens, I mean Ray Stevens is amazing, but this is like really bad. Yeah. So anyway, that this is what I've been working on. The next one I have to listen to is New Radicals. You get what you give? Oh, I love that song. I do too, and in fact, that's on my normal playlist. But I've, and I used to own the CD. I've never listened to the album. So I'm very curious to hear. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, if I remember correctly, that album is not bad. It's not no. great. Like mm-hmm. you give what you get is there is probably one of the. Oh yeah, that's a big there. one. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's probably the better one on that album. Oh boy. But yeah, so so that's, that's what I've been working on. Um, I am 35. I'm two thirds or a third of the way done. So here we go. Wish me luck. <laughs> Good luck. By the time of this road trip is done, maybe I'll have it done. Uh, yeah. And some very angry relatives. <laughs> But they're fault for driving with me. Well, that and uh, the driver gets to cho- uh, change the, or right. I'm driving the, the whole way. Yeah, so that's yep. their fault. Their fault. <laughs> so for me, outside of gaming, it's not technically outside of gaming in a sense. I play a lot of video games, uh, but I'm not playing board games. Yep. So that's why I've been trying to get more into solo games, to just to play more board games. Okay. But I also, for me, the solo gaming aspect of it is playing video games. Like, uh, just recently I finished uh, the new Star Wars game, oh, okay. uh, Fallen uh, Jedi Survivor. Because uh, the first one is Fallen Order, and then the new one is Jedi Survivor. I thought that game was great. I enjoyed the mess out of it. I'm going okay. through uh, playing again uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Because mm, okay. I'm like, you know what, I want to get back into this one. And do the 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 newest version of it. I, I already beat it in the DLC, but I kind of want to get the whole story again. So I'm playing through the first game, and I'm going to play through the second game again. I've really been enjoying that. Um, I'm a big Persona fan. I just okay. recently yep. beat Persona 5. Well, not recently, but a while ago beat Persona 5 Royal. I've maxed out that game to the fact that I got a platinum trophy on um, my PlayStation Okay. Um, I've also played the Persona 4 Golden. Uh, they just released to the consoles Persona 4, uh, Persona 3. Um, so I've been playing a lot of video games on my downtime when I'm doing other stuff that's not editing or you no know, date nights. Having a life. But here's the thing is that well, a big thing that we do in this house is I'll, I'll be playing like the PlayStation and playing like Horizon Zero Dawn. The wife will be sitting next to me playing on the Switch, playing the new Zelda game. Uh, I still have to play the new Zelda game as well, but, uh, you know, I lost the Switch. <laughs> uh, to the point where yeah. we're thinking about buying another Switch, this way, because she likes to play it in handheld mode, and yep. just get her a lighter one, Yeah, and then just keep the, the main one for, like, the TVs and stuff like that, and then um, if she gets this new thing that she's looking forward to, it's going to be a lot of travel time, so having a travel portable Switch would be nice for her. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of video games, uh, hanging out with the wife and playing video games. I play a lot of sports games. Um, so last uh, last time I talked about how I really into baseball. Went to a live baseball game, uh, AAA team, right down the road from us, the Chihuahuas, um, and also uh, playing MLB the Show right. on my PlayStation and having a blast playing that one. I'm not very good on online play, but man, I could tear up the the AI. <laughs> right. Well, the AIs are made purposefully easy. That's the point. No, you can make them easy, but no, if you play them in the hardest mode, they're not that easy. Uh, and the, it's not just the AI. The the way the pitching works oh, makes it difficult for you as well. But yeah, I just been playing a lot of video games. When I get bored, I'll play like a sports game, or I'll play uh, like solo uh, games, like one player storyline games. Okay. I'm not an online gamer. 
I want a good story to games, and I think that's one of the best mediums for storytelling is video for games. For sure, yeah. Because they could tell great stories. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah, so let's get into this. So we picked our classic game, uh, Pandemic. Mm-hmm. And as always, we have five different criteria that we normally have for our top eight debate. Uh, go ahead and describe that while I sneeze. Uh, the first one we have here is ease of play, where it's the simplicity or familiarity of the mechanism. I'm not going to go through like the sub uh, aspects of it, yeah. because the way we break this down is what category fits, fits Pandemic the best. Yes. But our five categories is ease of play, replay value, meaningful choice, game immersion, and art production. Yep. And so for us, it's like, for ease of play, is this game as easy to play as Pandemic or easier Right. When we're yeah. talking about... If, if you like how easy Pandemic is to play, mm-hmm. or a lot of the things like how familiar the mechanisms are, um, likelihood of getting into the table, these are recommended games. Or less likely uh, prone to analysis paralysis yes. uh, of some of those games. But when it comes to like replay value, we want to uh, make something that's going to give you as much bang for the buck as, say, Base Pandemic or Absolutely. some of their expansions give you. Yeah. Um, when it comes down to the meaningful choice... Your decisions matter in the game, so we want to get to an idea of a game that actually gives you a lot of choice in there that makes you feel and own your character or how your gameplay is in that one. Yeah. Game immersion. This one is where we're talking about more you're getting into the role of your character. So if, in case of point pandemic, if you're playing the medic, you're really feeling like you're the medic. We want to give you a game that gives you that same kind of feeling where you're getting into that. That's right. And art and production, uh, this one is just simple. Is it just as pretty or prettier than Pandemic? That's right. All right, cool. So for me, this one was difficult. It was. Uh, it was for me as well. I tried to go as as evenly as possible when it comes to like Pandemic style of play. But yes. when it came down to it, I didn't want to give you too many Pandemic clones. I right. wanted to give you games that give you the co-op feel that Pandemic gives you, yeah. where you're working together as a team. I don't have any what I would feel as Pandemic clones. Like, I purposely did not put any of the Forbiddens on mine. I have two. Pandemic clones? Ish, yeah. Ish, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, so let's go ahead and start out the first one. Let's do Ease of Play. Mm-hmm. I have my Coin of Doom. Let's find out who starts first. That would be you. That would be it. me. So, Ease of Play... And uh, hear me out on this, because I feel like I'm going to have to really, really go out of my way to justify some of these. Okay. Um, pandemic itself is, it, it it's a very, uh, I consider it like a buffet thing, right? Like, you have the actions, you you know what you ultimately need to do. Okay. And to, to complete the objective, to win, to work together, you know what you ultimately need to do. And you're only given... Technically, there's a few options. You know, it's like, wow, I need to probably make it over here because I'm close to that, and there's a lot of cubes there. And then you have to concentrate like, on what you're playing as. Too. Right. And then, but I could do it efficiently, or I could do something like this over here. Mm-hmm. Um, how will this set me up for the future turn? Exactly. And I wanted to find a game that I felt like would give you effectively just like one choice, and then a lot of openness on how you respond to that choice. Okay. So I went with Tiny Towns. I, I, which, I can see that. Yeah. Does no, it really give you very that different co-op feel? No, though. it definitely doesn't. But the, for ease of play, mm-hmm. I feel it is. It's one of those things where it's like it gives you effectively one option, mm-hmm. one thing you need to do, and you just need to place that cube somewhere. And you have to be now, efficient about it. And you need to be efficient. You need to plan long term. You need to think about 
the the steps you're going to take in order to get to that point of where you can maximize potential okay. based on the the shortcomings you have right now. And that's where I kind of went with it. It's a very easy game. Pandemic is not difficult. Um, the benefit that Pandemic has is that it's cooperative, but this is multiplayer bingo, really. Mm-hmm. Um, or multiplayer solitaire. Yeah. And so you have those options, but still, that's what happens. Okay. So I chose Tiny Towns for that reason. I feel like those are very similar flavors and similar weights. All right. So I'm going to clarify something on mine. Yes. All mine are co-ops. I, again, okay. like I said, I went the co-op route, where, where how it's going to fit. Two of mine are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my first one here, the ease of play one, is one of the, the clones, and this is Horrified. Okay. Uh, and honestly, I, I called it Pandemic Light when we first played this yep. game, because it's, you do some stuff, and then bad things happen. Yep. Basically, Pandemic as an aspect of it. And the reason why I went Horrified is because you got two flavors for this game. You have the American monsters, so you have like the Universal Monster movies, Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You also have the, if you're not into those kind of monsters, you also have the Urban Legends ones where you have the Jersey Devil and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very simple. You take a set of actions, mainly pick up and deliver, to deliver certain things to other places, but also rescue villagers, uh, making sure the town isn't overrun by the creatures and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then after your turn is done, a bad thing happens. You're flipping a card and it's seeding the board or the monsters are attacking. There's different stuff that's going on. It gives me a great pandemic feel. It's more family friendly and lighthearted than say pandemic. Um, I think it's just as simple to play as pandemic, if not simpler, because with pandemic, you're drawing alpha two decks to do bad things where this one, you're just drawing one card and you're rolling a die. Yep. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, but for me, it's horrified. Cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, so we go on to replay value. Replay value. Flip the coin. All right. Here we go. So me, replay value. Uh, this one was an actual easy one for me. This is actually the first game on it because I drew back to one of our past podcasts where we talked about another pandemic clone. And this one is Flashpoint Fire Rescue. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? We, we talked about it. We had it in there. There's a reason why it's compared to Pandemic. And it's going to give you the same kind of replay value um, as Pandemic. It's got almost as many of the same expansions. I think there's two or three. Yep. Uh, Pandemic's two expansions? Uh, Pandemic? Pandemic has three. Three, okay, yeah. Yes. And I know for sure there's two or three for Fire Rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not, especially after us just going through a pandemic, if you're not feeling the whole pandemic part of gaming anymore. Who knew? The, a Flashpoint allows you to play as a firefighter. So the theme is uh, different. It's the same thing. You're doing a certain amount of actions and then bad stuff's happening, whether it's the spreading of the fire or the fire spreading and making an explosion happening, and you're trying to save as many people out of a burning building as you possibly can. Uh, so for me, this one was very simple because it's already compared to Pandemic a lot, and it's because, for a reason. Yes. It's just depending on the flavor that you want to play. And so for me, this is the replay value one. Okay. Mine, I this is not one of my co-ops. This is a versus game. Mm-hmm. But... Um, one of the things that I think Pandemic does a really good job of is that it doesn't give you necessarily different scenarios. It, ge- it gives you the same mm-hmm. the same thing no matter what. Yeah. There's ways to modify the difficulty a little bit, um, but variable player powers is a big thing in that. Like, if I'm a medic, I'm a medic, right? 
And in other games like this, I want there to be a simple mechanism, but I want myself to feel different Different, than the other players and feel like an asset if I was working uh, cooperatively. But if I'm working against each other, I want to feel like I'm unique in my own way. Okay. Um, And then on top of that, the the variability in Pandemic is how the cards come out, Mm -hmm. how they feel. You effectively know what you're dealing with, but you don't know how it's going to come out and how you're going to have to respond to it. Yeah. So I picked a very different game that that still falls in line with all that, and that's Bullet. Okay, I can see that. Right. And technically, Bullet is a co-op. There, there is a co-op version, mm-hmm. but the base is versus. Yeah. And knowing when to use your abilities, knowing how to respond to all the stuff that's coming up and react in a timely manner is huge. I mean, that that's real-time versus, you know, yeah. time time as far as game setting. Yeah. But I, ha- I feel like they have the same replay value as far as you'll play it the same amount of time, it plays the same number of players, it scales pretty decently. I, 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 I don't know about that, because Bolt can actually play pretty quickly. They both can, yeah. Pandemic if you don't play so it well, it'll be very quick well, for yeah. both games. Well, if you shuffle the deck in Pandemic, it's not going to be quick. Oh, yeah. It'll be, or, it's not it'll be, be very quick, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you see what I mean. Like, yeah, I, yeah. It's hard for me to justify it, but I feel like... I. I feel like those are two games that I'd play back-to-back because I'm like, yeah, if, if one hits with the other group, yeah. or one group, I want to play a different flavor game, but, like, same replay value, I feel like I can keep coming back to... All right, my to, pandemic clones are done now. Uh, <laughs> well, that was easy. All right, uh, meaningful choice now. Yeah, this one. Right. This one's a big one. This one was a little difficult for me. Okay. To you? Now, this one is one of my co-ops. Okay. Meaningful choice. There is a lot of meaningful choice in Pandemic. But sometimes you just have to deal with the cards you get mm-hmm. and the situation that arise. And you never, never feel like you have enough time to do everything you want to do. That's one of the best tensions of of uh, of that is how... It's the law of efficiency. How do I provide the best support for my team with the least amount of actual effort, mm-hmm. right? Hanabi was my pick for this. It's not a bad pick. Yeah, because they both are very, very strong with meaningful choice. You both have to give input to each other in a constructive way. Because if you're alphaing it, then it's, you know, problems for both, right? Yeah. But really, like, it's it's such a heady puzzle where you could sit there and math it out and go, okay, if this does this and we do this and we do that, you could do that. But Hanabi you prevents you. so many hints. That's the catch to Hanabi versus the escalation that's in Pandemic. Yeah. Um, that's the only real difference between those, but I feel like they both provide really strong choice. Mm-hmm. And knowing knowing the understanding, like how the infection deck, what cards are in it, which ones are coming out, which ones just got reshuffled because of an epidemic, I feel it's the same idea. as like, oh, okay, well, we already used the blue three. Okay. It's discarded right there. I see the blue three. That now needs to be a priority. You need to know that not to... Th- not to throw it away. Mm-hmm. How do I convey that to you in a way that's constructive at the same time benefiting everyone as best as you can? Because if I tell you that you have, oh, this card's a three, yeah. everyone else is hearing that, and everyone else except for you knows why I'm pointing that out and what I'm doing, and that gives that the information. That might clue in. It's like, oh, wait. I know I have a three, so that means I can't be a blue because now that one's thrown away. Yeah. You know, it's like there's an extra head puzzle yeah, yeah. that you have to solve to do it. 
So for my meaningful choice pick, and that that was a great one, Hanabi. I didn't even think of that one. Yeah, it's very different. I know. Uh, this, very, very different. This one for me is, I wanted a game that actually gave me a lot of meaningful choice in it, but yep. also gave you kind of the luck of the card draw because okay. pandemic is a lot to deal with the card draws, what you're drawing into your hand or what you're drawing uh, from the bad stuff as well. For me personally, the one I went with is like you know what. There, there's some really good games out there that have meaningful choice, but I want to give something in the, out of the Arkham Horror line yeah. that uh, allows you to have a lot more meaningful choice. So at first I thought Arkham Horror, or I thought Elder Tor actually is what I thought. Sure. I'm like, yeah, but that is really more lucky than, say, Pandemic is. Right. And then it just hit me. It's Arkham Horror LCG. Sure. Now, personally, I would only play this game one to two players. I won't play it as a four player like I would with Pandemic. Right. But the choices that you have to make in this game based on your characters and your card draws, because you was like, okay, this is a really good power, but I can use this to boost something for one of my skill checks. Sure. Um, I can use this uh, card to actually perform a really cool ability over here, or I can use this as a fast action to protect myself from one of the monster draws. Right. So I have to play my deck properly. Okay. And I have to work with other people if I'm playing with another player. Be like, okay, I'm going to go investigate this because I'm a good investigator. But, but. I know this creature is going to come after me. I don't fight very well. Maybe you need to come over here and protect me from that thing and make the monster engage you rather than okay. engage me. So I do like a lot of that aspect, and I think this gives you a lot of that meaningful choice because you have to work as a team. You have to be smart how you play this game. Mm -hmm. You have to be smart how you play your cards because you have to play what comes up. But then you also still have a mythos phase, so you don't know what the bad guys are going to do, what bad characters are coming stuff, in. Yeah. Bad stuff. Sure. Yeah. yeah, so it's giving you that aspect of it. And so it's giving you all those choices for um, you to work as a team if you're playing a two-player game yeah, to def uh, go through the campaign and figure out what's going on through that cycle. I like that. Very cool. I can see that. All right. Uh, game immersion or art and production? Game immersion. Game immersion. All right. Oh, to me. So this one's all about how you feel while playing the game. That's this this was another easy one for me, um, again, because I strictly went through the co-op aspect of it, mm -hmm. but I wanted something that actually will give you a lot of the feel of the co-op that Pandemic gives you, so I wanted something that gives you a lot of Euro treatment in this one, a lot of card drawing in this one, uh, and a lot of smart play in this one, working as a team, and for me, this is the biggest game on this list, probably, hands down, it's Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven as a co-op, and for the immersion part of it, sure. you're getting into multi -use your multi-use cards. Your multi-use cards. You're getting into your character, like you would if I'm playing the medic. Okay, I'm playing the crack card. You're sure. getting into that role-playing aspect of the game. You're also being smart and working with your team. Okay, I'm a very good uh, battler. I can go out there and take care of these things while you mm -hmm. guys go to the goal where you need to. I'll I'll swamp all the hits. Like I'm playing a certain character that can eat up these hits and um, I can use some of the magic that's getting put up up there. I'm just okay. going off like some of the base characters, like the crag heart. Sure. So, okay, Leaf's going up. Now I can do like a Leaf Tornado thing and take out all these characters right here while you guys go run up and do what we need to do for this expansion or move further. I may be slow, but I'll get there eventually. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're working as a team. You're getting into that immersion aspect of it. You're using multi-use cars, the top and the bottom to attack or move or do special abilities. Um, 
you're not really beholden to the actions uh, per se. You don't have a set amount of actions. You your set amount of actions is you do at the top of a card and the bottom of the card and where your initiative is. Right. But how you do it as a team is what's important. Just like in pandemic, when you're working as a team, it's important how you communicate to each other. How you okay, I know I can take this action, uh, but you're a wizard, so I'm going to probably need you to heal me up after this because I'm going to take up a lot of blows. And and so that, for me, is the really meaningful game immersion for something compared to Pandemic. Okay. All right, that's fair enough. Uh, This is my other co-op game because I felt like there's no other... Really, if you want that game immersion, you're going to feel the intensity of that. And again, Gloomhaven does that too. So. Yeah, Gloomhaven does it. Um, I originally was thinking Return to Dark Tower for this, but then I started thinking, no, Pandemic is much lighter. Mm-hmm. And I, I only felt right putting on a lighter co-op game, but I wanted one that gives you that that push and pull of constantly, like, just emotions. Like, is flying this a Kinesia? No. Oh, okay. It's not. Um, are you thinking, like, the... The, the deck-building one? No. No, this last is very Bastion? No, not Last Bastion. What is it called? Um, uh, I forget what that Kinesi one's called. Yeah, that one. No, this is a very different one. Um, but no, I wanted that feel of like, like every single turn after you do the bad stuff. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the turn, you do bad stuff in this one too. Like, it just feels like you pull like the one thing everyone just collectively, oh no. And that's like the same as the epidemic. So it's like, no, this is happening again. No, I, this city's now infected. Oh no, the outbreak. Oh, suddenly there's a giant boulder coming my way. Uh, I picked Castle Panic. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because it's, it has, uh, now Castle Panic is a little lighter. Um, it is a tower defense. You're still trying to cooperatively save See, the See, I thought this was going to be your ease of play pick. Um, <laughs> it, it I, I get what you picked. I feel else. like it's closer immersively than it is ease of play. Ease of play. I, yeah. I don't. I feel like pandemic is a little more difficult with action selection. I don't. I think figured it this is. was going to be on your list. I just thought. This yeah, was just where, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, castle panic and pandemic have always been hand in hand in my eyes, and and they have very similar flavors. But I love that, like that tension of like, yeah, it's kind of random and it's kind of lucky, right? Yeah. But and sometimes you might just get totally hosed. But sometimes you'll be like you'll you'll get that really clever play where you're like, all right, mm-hmm. we got to trade this. Let's let's focus on this guy right now. Yeah. Instead of like doing a bunch of damage everywhere and then having every, all of our walls die right now, let's focus on killing half of these guys instead, and then just let those ones, and we'll see if we can catch up in time to deal with them. Yep. Like that's such a cool give and take mm-hmm. that it's like, well, I can play on this side of the board, I can play on these rings, and one of the things is like. In pandemic, you have. If I'm in North America and there's, we have problems in like, you know, Australia, right? Yeah. That's not super easy to get. Well, I guess that's a bad example. Middle East, right? Yeah. That's not super easy for me to get to conveniently. So I might have to mitigate that to you. That's the same thing with Castle Panic. Yeah. Like, well, I have a lot of archers right now, and there's, and I could deal with them a bit, but really next turn, all the ones I'm going to pull are going to be on. They're going to be in the archery on your turn. So I want to trade you that. Mm-hmm. I want to get you the resources you need to plan for your turn. Okay. And I love that part. No, no, I don't disagree with you. I think this is a good pick. Like I said, <laughs> I knew this was going to be on your yes. thing. I just didn't know where. And I think the last one's going to surprise you. <laughs> uh, the last one's going to surprise you because right. it's probably by far my biggest stretch. All right. Art and production. Same here. All right. Starting with me. Yep. That's me. Uh, so for... The biggest stretch here, uh, I went with something that's a co-op and it is very pretty. Now, I c- 
kind of thought of Return to Dark Tower. Okay. But I also wanted to do something that was just as simplistic as Pandemic can be. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going with Marvel United or X-Men United. Okay. So it's it's... Again, you play your cards out. You're working as a team. You're trying to beat up the big bad, uh, trying to make sure you're not losing locations. As you're going into more of the expansions, it actually gets actually heavier as a game. Okay. So some of the, like, when you're fighting the Sentinels, you have, some of the Sentinels are hunting you on the X-Men United one sure. if you do in Days of Futures Past. But just base X-Men United, base uh, Marvel United... It's a very simple game. It's got some great artwork. It's got some beautiful minis in there. I wish I could paint because I would yeah. have a lot of these painted up. Um, but it is, in essence, what Pandemic is doing. You're working as a team. You're trying to use smart card play to effectively beat whatever the big bad is, whether it's the diseases or Magneto. Right. <laughs> so it just all depends on how you're doing it. And so that's why I went uh, to Marvel United. It's the one of the prettiest games out there mm-hmm. um i like the the way the card play works because it's basically you're telling a co- comic book storyboard yeah I, I thought that was an interesting concept uh i do really enjoy a lot of the working together as a team so in one of the newest uh kickstarters they actually have team-based decks that you can start adding into the okay. game itself so if you're playing all the avengers or if you're playing uh, X-Men Blue Team or Gold Team, they'll have specific cards based on those playing uh, players. So I think it's interesting what they're doing with this game as well as just the base games by themselves. Okay. Mine's probably the biggest stretch, <laughs> even than that. Um, so I went pretty literal. I you know, I was like, what does Pandemic have? It has a board, and this game has boards too. Um, <laughs> like, right... Um, they're more or less functional. They look kind of futuristic, mm-hmm. kind of, right? You know, a little bit. A um, lot of cards that, that very good icons, you know exactly what they mean, you know what they're used for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not necessarily amazing. I don't think the art's all that great, honestly, um, in Pandemic. But, like, I mean, it's fine. Like, the event cards... The just, newer Pandemic just has like, better art. It does. Like to the, the characters are where the good art is, mm-hmm. right? But, like, the events, it's just, like, an icon, basically, yeah. right? It's, like, a vector graphic that's, yeah, like, no, so... Yeah, I get on. that, yeah. So, it's, like, okay. Like, so the art on it doesn't need to be that great, um, but the card needs to be functionally solid, right? Mm-hmm. And then I thought clear cubes. <laughs> okay. And so that's why I went with Space Space, because <laughs> it has all of the same components. Yeah. Arts, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, the art's fine. Clear cubes. It has the boards that are functional. Um, you know, this is a cards. It really is a stretch. <laughs> it's I, just I like you and Matt Scramble. Yeah, I I really did. And now, granted, I came up with this before I had to start like scavenging your shelf and going, does any of these even work for this? Like, <laughs> um, I came up with this before any of those. But yeah, I was like, the the big iconic uh, thing, like that was the first game that had like the clear cubes in it that I remembered in my in my life. Um, and like, I know I had a first edition pandemic as well, and it had just the regular wooden cubes, but when it came into the new art, the new edition, <laughs> those clear cubes just popped. They were cool. And I like them. And especially when you get the expansion and put them in Petri dishes, it just looks cool. Yeah. And I like that In fact, uh, I stole and the Petri dishes out of that expansion to use it in, uh, Pandemic Legacy. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when, and then just that idea. Like, you know, space space, it actually makes a lot of sense with, with clear cubes. They're good at done transparent, but it's space, so 
You know what my one issue with with Space Base? They should have had uh, dual layered boards. Yeah, just to, because of the paper and everything just slides. Yeah, sure. I understand you wanted to keep it cheap, but come on. Yeah, and it's not an expensive game. Good no. quality for that. Yeah, and they're both forty dollars games in good quality, <laughs> and they're in smaller boxes too. So. Well, Pandemic's for, a bigger for, box for, thin, for, right? for the longest time, Pandemic's box was like a standard game box size. They're, they're the one that set that standard for that. The yeah, longer, the slightly longer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's my terrible stretch of uh, <laughs> if you like the art and production in Pandemic, you'll probably like Space Base too. And that's why you didn't give me a lot of grief for Marvel United. No, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, there's not any criticism I can give you that you can't just shoot right back to me once you hear it. No, I mean, like, I, I like the minis in Marvel United, like, in that, like, I mean, they just have pods and pandemics, I'm like, that's the only criticism, maybe? But yeah, I but I, I, for me, when it comes to art production, I want something that is just as nice or better. Or better, yeah, well... That's fair. I want it just as <laughs> as tolerable as they So that was it for the episode. It's a very silly, simple episode. I, uh, I love these ones because one, they're they're simpler, they're mm-hmm. they're shorter. Yep. They're also just fun. Yeah, it's just silly. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Um, if you ever want to join us on a live episode, tune in to twitch.tv slash everydaybordgames and join in on the conversation. As well as all video re-uploads are found on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on the platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. Uh, as well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And if you ever want to email us directly, whether it's to say hi, send us a letter uh, for upcoming ideas for future episodes, or even enter in future contests, which we may or may not be holding. Soon. Maybe. <laughs> email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, yeah, you did. We're, we're, we're finishing up. We'll, we'll hang around for a little bit. That's right. And we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.